For whitetail hunters like us, the mid to late season, or the rut, can be miserable if you don't have the right clothing. You're sitting out there all day long, cold, you're not moving a whole lot. But new in 2019, First Light Solitude System is the perfect insulated soft shell clothing system for tree stand and tree saddle hunters. Whether worn on its own or combined with some other pieces from First Light, this kit offers versatility for the whitetail hunter. One of the things we like best about this system is the kit link pass-through pocket. Basically, you put the jacket on, you can zip these pockets down, and you can actually reach into the bibs fleece line chest muff pocket to warm your hands up and access all the items you've got stored in there. To learn more about First Light's new solitude system, head over to their website, firstlight.com. So we've been partnering with Steerka Optics for a while now. We can't say enough good things. The glass is awesome. The warranty is the best in the industry. Check these guys out, steerkastrong.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Boga Hunting Podcast. This is a show for all hunters, of all levels looking for knowledge and experience to strengthen their hunts. If you've been following along on the podcasts and social media this year, we've really been breaking down each month into a different topic. January has been everything about the bow, and we've gone over just kind of the background of it, a little bit of the inner workings, and last week we actually talked about how to budget if you're looking to buy a new bow as a new hunter or as a newer bow as an experienced hunter. But this week, we kind of wanted to touch on some of the basic hunting strategies that we have experience in. Or if you're the hunter that just needs a refresh in some of these tactics, listen in. What do you got on the agenda there, Jim? Well, I'm reflecting right now. Um, okay. <laughs> the deer season's over. I know. It doesn't feel terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It just sucks. Like, there's nothing to do. I mean, I'm going to do some small game hunting. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff we can do in the meantime. It's just not but the same. There's just no deer hunting, which yeah. kind of sucks, but... Yeah, you wanted to talk about a couple things? Yeah, so today I figure we take this episode, do it internal. So we get a lot of questions about how to hunt a deer. And generally what people are referring to is like how to ambush hunt a deer. And so we thought we would break down a little bit about different types of ambush style hunting, what they are, where would you where you would use them, and then like what scenarios would we, mm-hmm. you would use them. And maybe we'll throw out some, some things that we do with them too. So first off, ambush style hunting. The reason we chose to talk about that is for the whitetail guy, that's the majority of the hunting that they're going to do. You know, there's some spot and stock, maybe still still hunting and drives and so on. But, you know, the majority of the hunting year is ambush style. Right. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree with that. Even though I do really like just kind of the, the walking and stalking. That late season stalk. Yeah, I really I really like to do that. But it's not what I do most of the year. And if, like, I've got, you know, say I've identified, like, an amazing spot, I'm going to go get in an ambush point. You sure. know, rather than just kind of walk around in there. The way I see it, and Jared... You can disagree with me if you want. There's two real styles of hunting. You get your ground hunting. You get your tree hunting. You're in a tree, you're on the ground. Yeah. Pretty fair? Yeah, that's fair. There's nothing else under the water. Yeah, I mean, you, I guess you can throw off someone sits in a tripod. They're not really in a tree or in a ground blind. We'll say but. elevated versus non-elevated. Hey, okay. Yeah. That's better. Basic two styles. And each one, I, I think you can break it down further into two different things for the ground blind it's you've got your makeshift your you know sticks you're something you you literally make while you get out there and and the other one would be pre-made so i you know i would include like those the tents you know hunting tent things you you can hunt out of maybe like a redneck blind or one of those bale blinds um, something that's manufactured those are the ground categories then you've got the tree categories which basically are tree stand Mm -hmm. which would be hang on and climber and then you've got the saddle which is you know really popular right now See, I would categorize. I would <laughs> categorize it as. Wait, what was the first one? Sa- uh, either stand hunting or saddle hunting. I would m- group those together into mobile hunting. 
Oh, with versus the saddle fixed. and the climber and the hang on. All three of those you can do as mobile. Oh, okay. And, and then, then you can, the, like the ladder. The, and then there's permanent. That's things that you're leaving. Fair. Yeah, I, I would I would accept that as another okay. like an alternative. Okay. Just want to check. So let's let's start with the tree the tree hunting. And let's go with your classification. So you've got your fixed and your mobile. Okay. Do you have any mobile do you have any fixed stands up during I don't. did you hunt out of any this year? No. No, I None. didn't. Nope. You even had a piece of private land and, and you didn't. Yeah, I've got uh I've got permission to go on, on somebody's leased land. Yeah. Down in Algon area. And they have permanent stands. You oh, just don't hunt them. There's a couple ladders. Yeah, I saw them. On. They're all in a line. They're in every spot you can think of. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a ton out there. I just, the spots that I liked more yeah. were a mobile setup. Why? Why would you, why did you choose mobile? Or why, why didn't you just go set up a stand in there early on? I didn't have time to. No. So it was so, like once or twice I could get out there and scout. I had an idea of where I could put a stand. Right. But I had done no preparation, yeah. no scouting other than those two times out in the woods yeah but i knew where i wanted to go well and you were also you went in be, you you knew that where these guys were hunting mm-hmm. if you got you find the one spot where all those stands aren't set up you're probably going to be successful because sure you, you really got into the deep stuff knowing kind of playing off of kind of want to go where no one else has really gone yet i i guess that would be a, 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 the probably the first main point for the mobile style like you, you go and you set up you know in a hard to find spot where you, you might not You'd be able to basically react to the the sign that you see when you get out there. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a difficult spot to get to. You might have to hike out a mile, right? Two miles, you know. I don't know how long you're gonna be hiking out, but it's gonna be a distance, and it's gonna be tough to get to. Right. But you have a spot in mind, and yeah, it's mobile. You, that's the that's primarily the the way that we hunt. You know, that, and I was gonna say I've I have one fixed stand, and it's not even a tree stand; it's a ground blind. But the majority of the hunting that you and I do, public land, right. You're just not. You're either gonna. You're gonna lose your stand, and, and some states don't let you leave anything behind. Nope. Which is, it's it's one reason why you go to the mobile setups. Now, f- for the guy that would have like a farm, obviously it just uh, it makes a lot of sense, or maybe private land it makes a lot of sense to put up some sure, some yeah, fixed yeah. fixed blinds. So yeah, I'm primarily using the mobile in a place that's hard to get to. Yeah, and it's because it's something that I've really enjoyed doing. Yeah, you know, I like going out and finding a new spot. And setting up and then taking everything back with me. I've come up with a system that works for me. Throw the climbing sticks in the back. And then I've got the tree saddle that I go up in. It's something I enjoy. Yeah. And it's just, it's worked for me. Some some guys, or some hunters, I should say, don't really like it. They like the solid. They like the permanent stand. They just walk right out to. They don't got to mess with anything. That's for them. But They go out and sit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and for people who are listening, if they want information, like a lot of information about saddle hunting, Go back, see our episode. I don't remember what episode number it is. I think it's in the 40s. Could be. I want to say 50s, though. 50s? Yeah. 50s. Jared with, uh, Arrow, with Arrow Hunter? Yep. Yeah. Talks a lot about it. It's it's very popular style of hunting, and that's one that we've kind of adopted as our primary way. Yeah, so fixed stand, mobile stand. You know, for years we actually had tried out the um, climbers and the mobile hang-on. I still have my climber. You do? Yeah. You don't use it very much? No, I mean, now that we got the... Now that I'm tried the tree sales this year, there's no need to. Yeah, you're not in. I still have one just in case. Yeah, they do work. I mean, the nice thing is you hang it, you you have the stability, and you don't need to worry about sticks or like you literally yep. just climb up with your stand. You had a bad fall with one, didn't you? Yeah, what did it? Ha- I had either it slipped. I think I my wire or whatever that goes around the tree slipped, and I fell like a far ways. No dice. And I fell, and I smacked my arm on a like a branch as I fell. And my whole, like, I literally had a baseball size. It was just one big bump. I thought I broke my arm. I didn't. No, but that's that's not to say that there aren't really safe ones out there. It's just choosing between that yeah. 
and uh, a saddle. I feel like I just like the saddle better. Yeah. You, hang-ons are nice, though. I will say, I, I can occasion, you know, you, we've talked about our, our favorite spots to hunt. You're a bit of a pine guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, sometimes in a pine tree, it's really nice to have a hang-on. Yes, it is. Right? Yeah, so my favorite tree to sit in is a white pine. Big old pine, lots of good branches you can climb on. You only really have to take one stick out to get high enough to those climbable branches. Right. But I like getting in them. They've got a lot of open space, and the good thing about them is they block your scent. They do. That fresh pine. That pine. Pretty snazzy. Just you know, snap a few branches and have you ever used? Have you used my pine trick? No. You've never used it? What's the Jimmy trick? My pine trick is if you're hunting the pines, and I actually use it when I hunt anywhere, you need essence of pine. You need that essential pine oil. It's literally boiled pine needles into a tincture that is just pure pine. You sprinkle a few dots of that on your clothes, and that is a strong cover scent. Had deer directly downwind to me. Had no idea I was there. I'm sitting in a pine tree. I'm put just on saying, more pine. More pine. So you're just literally one big pine tree. One question for pine, though, and I, I have trouble with this. I get sap. When I sit in a pine tree, I get sap all over me by the time I'm done. How are you avoiding the sap issue, or are you just not? You're just embracing it. Embrace the sap. You really? Yep. Bring it on. It's not like I'm picking at the tree. It's not going to. I pick at the tree when I'm up there. You don't pick at the tree when you're sitting in it? Dude. What do you do up there? I hunt. Yeah, I know. You're looking around, but after a while, you're picking at something, I would imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So mobile setups. Mobile setups. Yeah, so that's why we like to go mobile. Uh, We're, you know, like Jared said, we're big fans of finding a new spot, going in blind, and just figuring it Mm out. I feel like that's kind of part of the adventure that we really lo- the thing that we really yes. like about hunting which is the adventure of it fixed stands like you said you have time to set them up it's comfortable it's easy i mean the other thing that you don't talk about you didn't talk about is uh, sometimes it's hard to get a tree stand up you're in the dark yeah. most of the time or you're trying to be quiet and it would it's really nice just to go climb up real quiet you make a lot more noise when you're you know in a mobile setup yeah if you don't practice your mo- i i practice in the backyard Me too. in one of my trees the one of the two trees that I have. Yeah. The less better looking one. <laughs> the one that we might chop down. But yeah, not having run a tree saddle before, there's times if you get out in the dark you and you don't know what to do, you're going to be shit out of luck there in the dark. Yeah, it's hard. And then you miss the wrong, you clip the wrong thing and you're just, you, you want to practice. I believe it or not, the first time I went out this fall, I got up in the saddle. I put the tether around the tree, pulled it tight, pulled up my bridge, put it in the latch. And I was like, sweet, I'm in. Start settling in. Yeah. Kid you not, 10, 15 minutes later, I look at my bridge. Yeah. And it is halfway out of the clip. Oh, you didn't clip it all the way in? I I thought I did. Yeah. So literally this piece of rope or lanyard, what do you want to call it? The bridge is sitting on the point of my carabiner. Halfway on, halfway off. That's a eight millimeter. Yeah, we're talking like half an inch away. Like one big bump of me falling down like 20 feet. I'm telling you, you'd be, you wouldn't be the same Jared now. I'd be new and improved <laughs> and love Subway a little more. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a, a good point. Practice it, and that's what's again one of the benefits of, of the the pre setup. Mm-hmm. You can go out, you're quiet, easy in the moment, and also you don't sweat. Like sometimes when you're putting trees, at least for me, oh like, I get cooking. If I'm not, if I'm not, and I'm better at it now because I pack all my clothes and then I put them on when I get it all set up. But for a long time in my life, I just would wear it all or I didn't have great Mm -hmm. gear. And, dude, you are sweating so bad. And then you finally get set up and then you get freezing. Mm -hmm. Well, that's because we were using cotton back then. Lots of cotton. Just layers of it. Just layers upon layers. And now we're not so dumb. No. But either way, easy, 
you know, you can wear all your clothes out, just climb up. It's not that hard to do. Easy to find. <laughs> you know, uh, I've had it before, too, in the morning where it's like I decided to do a going blind morning hunt, which is a hard hunt to do because <laughs> you're just walking around basing on maps. And you can just be looking for a tree and not find it. And it feels like you're taking forever to find that perfect tree, you know, again, where you don't have to think so much. If yeah. You set up. Yeah. You don't want to set up in some tree where you've got one shooting shot, yeah. one shooting lane. And it's not even in the direction right. that it needs to be. And now you're you're in a tree that's got no shot opportunity for that buck or yeah. And it, it's not not out. like we do that very much. That's that would be a mistake if we would you know like a, mo- a going and blind morning hunt is just kind of a mistake for the most part. Right. Just bring a tree to actually started taking along just a little one of those reflector clips. Yeah. So that if I do go out at night and find a tree, I'll just clip it on there. Yeah. You know. You know. I or guys back. use those push pins yeah but you can lose i found a lot of them today this year today this year i found a bunch the first place i set up when we went out to wisconsin i get all set up sit it's afternoon to evening i get down and i realize that my tree was the stand tree <laughs> <of> somebody else <laughs> looked down and lit of up all, like a christmas yeah, tree of all the trees and i found the whole line leading up to it of tax <laughs> which was easy to get out then but it was like how in the world of all the trees did i pick the same one and i did the exact same thing in that makatawa Wait, did you not see the tax walking in? Or no, did you I had walk no idea. In from like a different way. No, like I, it gets dark. I turn on my flash. So I'm like, what the heck is all this stuff? I didn't put that up, and then I realize I'm just literally in somebody else's tree. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. It, not, it didn't just happen once. It happened twice this year. No, and the crazy. What I had a lot this year is, you know, it takes a little bit longer to get up in the tree, right? So you're getting all your stuff up. Inevitably, you know, from the time you decide to leave to the time you're finally set up. It took you longer than you think. And so you get all set up and like you're finally finishing it, you know, this year twice. I'm like clipping myself in. My stuff's not all situated and deer come, like come in because it took me so long to get all my stuff up. How long does it take you to get up in your mobile setup? When I'm like rolling, like when we were in Wisconsin, we were going every day. uh, It takes. No, 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 no. That's because you got into the groove of things. I want to know fresh Jimmy. Fresh Jimmy. Fresh Jimmy, October 1st. October 1st. No practice. Like how much practice would I have? I'll say three dry runs just a couple dry runs it probably takes me from picking the tree like after i pick the tree to setting it up i want to know you found the tree you're about to start hanging your sticks 10 minutes to 15 minutes till you're clipped up probably 10 minutes i think maybe i don't know i've never time time you how about you i have no idea (laughs) we should time it i would like i would actually like to know maybe we can make this little competition and it would be really you know it it would be actually kind of handy to just be really good at it get up in like five minutes you know, God, who was the guy? I was watching a YouTube video and this dude just shimmied up a tree like a monkey. Yeah, I I think you sh- you show. Wait, was he using that rope thing? No, but that's another cool. St- that's a cool. What topic. is that? That's a cool topic. We'll get into later. Okay, we'll get into it later because that that was Maybe. an interesting. Just talk about it now. Just say, just give a little brief. I don't even know if I can. He I used that rope. He climbs up with no climbing sticks. He throws a rope over a branch. I don't even remember, remember he, the name of it, man. He figures out some knot. He just climbs right up off a rope. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> hump, humping upwards, and he's just moving up like half a it's foot weird. each time. Yeah, I just feel like that's a terrible idea because you, first of all, have to, you're banking on you being able to get it over a limb, which is not a, always a given. Can you imagine doing that in the dark? Right. No way. Or, and you're also banking on that limb not being dead, or that's just a... It's just an arborist trick. Yeah, I guess. Just whatever. It tweets their own, but you're not going to see me doing that. The no. monkey hump. No. Switching over to the ground. Okay. Up until this year, I was exclusively bow hunting from the ground. Like I said, I fell out of a tree once, and I'm like, you know, 
I'm going to start hunting on the ground for a little while. I didn't want to go back up. Just mm-hmm. needed a little break from it. And I just got used to doing it. And after a while, I'm like, well, I can really, I really like it because I can go anywhere and deer never really, because a lot of times deer will pattern you based on where you sit over and over again. And I'm like, I could be pretty mobile with this, pretty quiet. I can blend in real well. And it's just so exciting when you have a deer that close on the ground. I level. I level. Hear your heart thumping. Yeah. Yeah. That's, there's a different experience being up in a tree than it is sitting down on the ground with them. Yeah. You know, yep. you can where you can hear them breathing. Oh yeah, or you that you actually did that turkey hunting video from this year. I think that was this year when those little uh, yes button bucks are just bah. they came two feet away. Yep, that was sweet. Literally brushed up against the branch I was sitting next to. Just bah, bah. yeah, there was it was a like a little spike pushing around a couple button bucks. Yeah, and it was April. Yeah, it was a, it was sweet. They're just little nubbins. Yeah, that's something I noticed this year. Deer grunt all the time. You're not hearing it a lot of times because they're not. It's not loud. Mm-hmm. But if there's a couple of, they're just little grunts that I just have never noticed before, which is pretty interesting. I, mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting because you picture a uh, you know deer only grunting occasionally, but they're just constantly keeping comms. I guess. So you used to primarily sit on the ground. Yeah, five years I did it exclusively. Quick and easy. Quick and easy. Get in. I, I got a good chair. I got one of those Helinox chairs, so it's real small, real light. I liked being able to just throw it in a little backpack and have everything I need to hunt. And your preferred ground blind, though, yeah. is a deadfall. Yeah, a, dead, a deadfall. And so what I'll bring out that chair, and I'll bring out the uh, mesh. What is that thing? Camo netting. Camo netting, right. It's like eight feet long. I bring that out, bring my chair out, it all rolls into like a little football size mm-hmm. pack. And then I'll just walk around and I'll, you know, identify the my favorite spots, pinch points or, or you know, draws or whatever. Dude, there's a ton, there's always spots in the ground that you can hunt. And like you said, deadfalls are like, obviously my favorite. You just find a, a big busted pl- down tree. <laughs> just a clump of dead tree. The actual best, going back to your pine, is a fresh fallen pine tree. It's like super leafy and dark. You got that scent cover, and it is like a great backdrop. But I'm looking for any downfall or anything where I don't have to do too much to create like a blind on the ground, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, more important than your front cover is your back cover. So you want to be up against something fairly solid so you're not silhouetted. And then I'll use that camo netting in front of me just so I can get away with a little knee and feet movement. Yeah, yeah. honestly, a lot of times if I'm going to a new spot and I don't have a whole lot of time, I'll just bring that because it takes three minutes to get set up. You get, you know, you find a tree, you put your netting up. Key is you clear out to the dirt, anything yeah. where you might step. Down to the ground. Yep. Super quiet. And it also, I feel like there's a little cover scent in that too when you do it. I'm not big on scent control or like using sprays and stuff, but I will say, I mean, it, if you can get a cover scent, it does work work somewhat. So anyways, backdrop, front thing, and, and I honestly, that is probably my favorite way to hunt the late season because just pick a spot on the ground pick a spot. spot on the ground you can you, there's i feel like i have an easier time finding cover i don't know why climbing up in the cold is kind of hard you're up in the wind it's easier to stay warm on the ground a lot of times i'll even bring a, a down blanket just wrap it around my legs i'm behind it to that that tarp thing anyways and it it just you've now called it like four different things tarp, whatever i can never <laughs> get that <laughs> that down you've what? called it a camo netting camo netting you've called it a tarp tarp you've called it a front thingy yeah and i had another name i call it's it fine, I, man. I don't know I'm what tracking. That, i don't have a good name for it it's camo netting camo netting doesn't sound it just doesn't feel right mine is camo netting it's military camo netting camo netting but yours is like the yeah mine is the, the hunter the cabela's version <laughs> of it i got Bella's it netting i got it out of uh not dicks uh gander mountain Clo- going out of business going yeah. out of business it was like five bucks 
solid. So it was really like, I mean, the chair is fairly expensive. It's like 80, 90 bucks, but the netting is like $5. Did I say it right? Netting. You nailed it. That, but again, that like, if it's cold or, you know, it's rainy or something, it's just safer to be on the ground. It's easy. It's quick. And it's super, it's super exciting. And it's just that another, another challenge or maybe that next, you know, step of like, you know, can I get one on the ground? There's a little bit of that too. So that's one side, you know, and you, you, so I feel like, you know, I wanted to talk about the pre, you know, the, the manufactured versus like the, the mobile style setup, but there's another, I feel like there's a middle ground that you and I have dabbled with quite a bit, which is man-made out of sticks and stuff we find, but also permanent. Like we've, we've made several igloos out of trees. Ooh, we have. Remember that thing? That was a, that was a masterpiece. I mean, it was basically, it looked like a wood igloo. That we made with little turret holes. Yes. And it was sweet. I think we dug it out even a little bit. Yeah, we had permission to hunt on this guy's land where he had just, throughout the years of him living there, just started piling dead sticks and branches all in piles in different spots in the woods. So we decided to start cracking our way into, like, the middle of this thing. (laughs) And then found another, like, log wood pile. Yeah. Like, stacked cut wood there. And we used that up in the front and kind of made, like, it looked like if you were staring straight at it, there was a W. Yeah. Right? And in between, we would stack more branches up so we had shooting windows. Yeah. And then we (laughs) took more branches and piled things on top so that we created a roof. And we fit three guys in there. Yeah. The the problem is I would never be able to traditional hunt with a traditional bow in there. No. It was too narrow. Way too short. But with the compound... You really could. There was room. And it was <laughs> dark in there. It, it was, was like cozy. you're in a tent. It was cozy. We actually had a little fire in there. We did. We started a fire while we were hunting. It was mm. actually not. We, we saw it. We got what? We shot two deer that day. Yeah, we did. Not out of that, though. Not out of that. <laughs> we tried to do a push, and the push worked. I feel like we didn't push them. It was just a coincidence that they went in front hey. of But it might have been a push. I don't know. Hey, when you ask Jared to push, you're going to shoot push a deer. I'll, hey, you're going to shoot, shoot two deer. <laughs> <laughs> Although it didn't work in Wisconsin. So no. that is true anymore well but 50 500 is not bad so we've got you know obviously the 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 mobile setup where you just kind of find some sticks make a little barrier or sit against something we've got the jared and james special which is go out pile up sticks and just have something that you always go to you find a lot of those on state land too where guys will like make log blinds out there i find a ton in big rapids and then the third style is is your your pre you know your manufactured ground blind, which would be like your tent that you know comes in a backpack. You set it up. A lot of guys turkey hunt out of that. You see a lot of guys even out west pronghorn hunting, some deer hunting too. It's hard to get away with that, I think, mm-hmm. in Michigan just because they're so wary that it doesn't take them long to figure out that that's you know that's danger. But then there's there's things like your you know your redneck blind, which are or tripod blinds, which is big boxes mm-hmm. and you've got things like uh, hay bale blinds it literally looks like a hay bale you get inside you can shoot out of it so do you, do you have you hunted a lot in any of those you had a tent for a while right i did but my dad ripped it up <laughs> yeah, dude. i let him borrow a thing one time and it came back in a shame well he left it yeah he left it over the whole winter and snow <laughs> got on it and just crushed it but yeah. no i used that for i think just one spring for turkeys. I let them borrow it for deer season, and that was that. <laughs> <laughs> we, the end we, of the tent. we both hunted out of that for turkeys. Yeah. On that guy's property. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? That guy. We had, uh, we worked those, ter- Remember, we had one time we worked for like three or four hours. It just stayed hung up. That stupid thing. I, uh, he was coming in so hot, too. Tom's getting hung up. That that could be my nickname. James Tom's getting hung up, Zance. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's always what happens to me. <laughs> that was your nickname in high school? <laughs> exactly. Because I'm a terrible caller. You are a terrible caller. Yeah, I, I, I've i gotten a little better. I practice a lot. 
Yeah, but you're not using a diaphragm call anymore. Nothing in the mouth. You're just <laughs> I'm using that box. <laughs> just call. using the wood. The wood. Well, I, even with the scraper, man, I'm not very good with the scraper. The, uh, the slate call. The slate call. I really. I want to. I should just work on getting good at the slate call because I feel like that's the most versatile call. The diaphragm. You, you don't have the to, diaphragm is. You don't have to move. Yeah, it's true. Your jaw. How how much color? You, you know, we'll have to get into this later because we we've got a whole month dedicated to turkey coming mm-hmm. up which i'm pretty excited about for everybody listening though we wanted to give take just a short podcast today to you know for the beginner hunter who we, we actually get a, a surprising amount of questions from uh, about just your basic setup so we thought we'd make this as a you know a helpful guide so check it out obviously each topic that we've talked about so far could have 10 podcasts on just one aspect of it uh, whether it be where to set up or where to face or, or tons of different things so go back we've got plenty of episodes on a lot of these aspects and we'll cover a lot of these things going forward but mm-hmm. jared you know you and i we just talked and we thought hey we, we'd give record something for for the new the new bow hunter yeah and just kind of explain like what kind of strategies we look at what kind of strategies are out there what you can why you would pick what yeah i mean there's a ton more that we haven't even touched on yeah. but just the three basic that kind of what we have experience in and just kind of brush the surface i know we talked about a lot and some of the stuff might not make sense mile wide inch deep that's jared's nickname <laughs> and <laughs> that's jared's nickname inch deep <laughs> oh my god uh anyways well you know thanks for listening look out next week we're gonna have some more more topical podcasts coming yeah thanks a lot for listening we'll see you next week Everybody, thanks again for listening to this episode of the Bogue Hunting Podcast. If you like what you hear and want to follow along on what we're currently up to, make sure to hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're downloading your podcast from. And follow us on Instagram at Boga Hunting. Join us next week as we start a new topic for February, which is on a planning an out-of-state hunt. We're going to be covering some gear lists that you need to have, the budgeting that goes into it. I know if you plan to choose an outfitter, what you need to do, how you choose one, and then, of course, if you want to do one DIY. So tune in next week, and thanks again for listening.